When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Jets fans, $150 off your next round of drinks? Try Tap RM. They deliver the drinks right to your door so you can skip the lines and trips to the liquor store. Discover new and exclusive drinks or shop for your favorites. Don't worry, they've got all the options for you. Order your first round at taprm.com and get $50 off your first order using promo code JETS50. $50 off $100 of beer. Not a bad deal. I would highly recommend it. I've done it. Connor's done it. Joe's got it. So make sure you go to taprm.com. Use promo code JETS50. Skip the lines and get $50 off your first $100 worth of beer. $100 in beer for $50. Can't beat that. Now let's get into the pod. Setting up, looking downfield. He's going to heave a bomb for Corey Davis at the goal line. Into the end zone. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn of the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by uh, TOJ founder, Badlands. Badland Zone, Joe Caparoso. Joe, how uh, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Always happy to be back on the Mothership Show, uh, <laughs> even at this fun time of the season. Yeah, it's uh, it's a mess. <laughs> As anybody, uh, we're recording this Monday. It'll drop Tuesday. Today has been one of those days on social jet social media and reading articles and stuff. I'm we're writing and doing things. It's just been it's been a mess. Um, jets lose obviously yesterday, 31-24 bit of a weird game because nobody that's a young player outside of like first half of Zach and uh, Brandon Eccles and a little random flash of Bryce Hall and, you know, your guy, Ashton Davis at one point, um, no one really played great. <laughs> they just kind of were in the game because Miami's probably one of the worst seven and seven teams I've seen. Um, is there any, anything that stood out from yesterday um, outside of uh, apparently Zach Wilson not being able to manage the pocket, getting hit 15 times? Uh, I mean, look, I, I thought it was kind of, a ho-hum loss in some ways. It was, they were 11 point underdogs. They were pretty competitive, about as competitive as you would expect, maybe if not even a little more competitive. Uh, a good first half, but I think every Jet fan who's watched them this year knew that the bottom was going to fall out, at least defensively. They're just so far away and so soft and so poor on fundamentals on defense that it's hard for them to ever hold a lead. And then offensively, uh, I know you dove into this a little today too. I was just staggered by how poor the receivers played and how poor they were getting separation. And Zach was certainly worse in the second half than the first half, but 
some of those routes and some of those plays in the second half, there's just nowhere to go with the football. Uh, and it, it's just tough when you have a young quarterback in that situation because no one could get open down the field and you're even getting these the ball back late for these drives. And it's who's going to get open, who's going to shake man coverage and make a play. Uh, and no one could do it. You know, I, I think Cole has not looked like himself since he's been back off the COVID list. Mims, I don't know what's going on there, but those two guys as outside receivers were really rough yesterday against a good group of corners. So it's a shame because Zach was in a really nice rhythm early in the game. And I think got uncomfortable in the second half because the line was inconsistent and the receivers aren't getting separation. Doesn't excuse some of the mistakes he made because he didn't pay, play a great or a perfect game at all. I think it was a pretty standard, like meh rookie game on a bad team, not terrible, not great, nothing to go crazy about, but there's only so much this offense could do without Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. The running game, you know, Tevin Coleman had some pop go and I wish he actually ended up getting a few more touches. I can't believe I'm saying that, but they were never able to really like get going. And it, it reminded me of like so many other jet games in the past, unfortunately, where those second half possessions, you just like, how the hell are they going to move the ball? Like who, who's going to make a play to get a, a chunk yardage? You know, they schemed a little up here or there, but it is what it is. They're a bad banged up team. They're not really going to beat anybody anymore unless they're playing Jacksonville who they might beat. We'll see. No, it's, it's interesting. It actually kind of felt to me, Zach's performance, like it was a pretty much the like second, third and fourth quarter majority of like the Atlanta game a little bit where like he didn't have the, the crucial mistake. There was no bouncing screen passes and check downs. He actually hit all the layups, which again, this is where the, the I can't stand is the, the needle kind of keeps getting moved of like, what do we really want Zach to do? Because it's like, we want Zach to take care of the ball and he's not really turned the ball over at all since really since, you know, the new England game um, he's been pretty standard for what every quarterback in the league has pretty much done. Um, you take that out, you have seven interceptions and in I know you can't do that, but seven interceptions and in 10 starts is more than capable. Um, I didn't, it just, it, it felt like one of those games that like, like you said, you knew the bottom was going to fall out. Um, I thought maybe they win the game, but I, I just didn't think they could either get that one stop on defense they needed. They actually did get that one stop, but it was almost too late at that point. Um, and, you know, offensively, I know you hit out a little bit and I, I don't want to, I don't want to totally crush Colin Mims from the sense that Jones and Howard are probably, if not the best corner duo, one of the best man corner duos in football. That said, the film is really, really ugly. Um, it, there's some routes in there that like, it just like, I, I think I could genuinely run better routes at, you know, five years removed from, from playing than they were running. And, you know, Denzel Mims is, you know, going to fake a, it was a slant, slant bubble, pretty you know, generic concept. And it's the one on Zach gets, you know, the fumble and Denzel Mims is running with his hands up as if like from the jump, like as if that's what people do when they're going to block. And it was like, I could, I can't, I couldn't see Byron Jones's face. It looks like he probably was literally laughing. Like, are you serious? Like, that's the stuff. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. I've, I've talked about it a lot. And it's, it's when people say the Jets don't need a receiver, I don't know that they need one in day one. I know we kind of disagree slightly on this. Day one or two, or in free, like they need a, there needs to be a legitimate number one on this team outside of Elijah Moore. Um, so all that being said, um, you kind of hit on Zach a little bit. And there's the Zach Trevor Lawrence game, which, I think I was more excited about in the preseason just because I thought these guys would be playing a lot better. What are your kind of expectations for a, how this game's going to be built and how, you know, how it could flip one way or the other. Cause I know we'll get into the draft pick second stuff in a second, but Trevor Lawrence and Zach, obviously pretty heated debate and on what's going on in both spots. That's not great. 
Yeah. I mean, first, I, I, again, both of us played receiver and again, at a much lower level than the NFL, but that Mims route, man, it caught my eye immediately when they showed it. And I, I was slacking the TOJ slack about it because that's like an eighth grade thing you would do like flashy. You would never block like that flashing the hands and then kind of like leaning in it. And that play was the epitome of Zach having no chance to succeed because you're counting on Mims to win to the inside there for a quick release in the slant. Never had a chance. And then you also have Feeney and McDermott next to each other. Of course, that play is going to end in disaster, unfortunately, which it did. No excuse to fumble, but man. It looked like Zach playing in like the fourth quarter of a preseason game and like game three. And it's like, why is he out there? It's pretty much what it looks like. That was tough, man. And again, like I watched a lot of Jets offense, unfortunately, the past decade plus. And that was like the Rashard Matthews, Andre Roberts, Jermaine Curse type games from 2008 with those two. Unfortunately, I think hopefully Cole will get a little healthier week over week. Now, Lawrence and Wilson, this has kind of turned into this like crazy thing where the only thing Jet, Jet fans have their, can hang their hat on is just how bad Trevor Lawrence has been. And he's been about as bad as Zach Wilson. I would say generally like you could split hairs here and there. Like Wilson, Fields, uh, and Lawrence have all been about equally as bad. They're all in bad situations. They all got more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, Lawrence's streak of not throwing touchdowns, put Zach Wilson aside, is truly shocking. It's like seven games without a touchdown is crazy, crazy. And he's in a horrible situation, and I still think he'll be fine. Same with Fields, same with Wilson. I mean, one of them or two of them may not be fine, but I like the talent of all three of them. They'll get in better situations and play better than they did this year, at least. Uh, but it's a, it's a game that I think a lot of people will take cheap shots at, right? First two picks in the draft, both have been disappointing by any standard I'd say Lawrence has been more disappointing because he came in as a generational prospect and he is statistically having one of the worst seasons that a rookie quarterback has ever had and Zach Wilson's right there that being said Zach Wilson also in an awful situation not billed as a generational prospect more of a developmental prospect who unlike Trey Lance got thrown right in from week one even Justin Fields didn't get thrown right in from week one um so look I think both these guys will play better than they generally do most weeks because they're both playing terrible football teams. Uh, the Jets are two-point favorites, which is shocking. Jets are almost never favorites. Maybe that line gets to pick them by kickoff. You know, Jacksonville, they're going to be able to run all over the Jets, so Lawrence could very well sort of be a game manager type role, throw for, you know, 175 yards, probably break his touchdownless streak. But James Robinson should be the feature player for Jacksonville, and I don't know how the Jets stop them because they're just so bad on defense. And with Wilson, you know, he, he since he's been back, he played a good second half against Houston. He played a very good first half against the Eagles. And he played a good first half against Miami. Now, the rest of it has not been good. So if there's a chance for him to string together a full good game, this will be it. And these last three weeks, there should be a chance for some statistical padding. One, because Jacksonville stinks. Two, because they're probably going to be way behind in most of the Tampa and Buffalo games. So there'll be a lot of pass attempts now. That could also lead to some turnovers, which I don't mind a couple turnovers if he's throws for 300 yards and gets some more touchdowns on the board. I'm expecting both of them to play pretty well. I actually think there's a chance this is like one of those like bad entertaining games where like two bad teams are racking up a lot of points. There's some trick plays. It's an empty stadium. There's a bunch of random players out there who you didn't even know were in the NFL anymore. I am kind of torn on whether I want the Jets to win or lose or not. I'm going to kind of watch it apathetically and wherever it lands, it lands. I'll justify it in my head either way. If they win, great. I'm glad they didn't embarrass themselves. If they lose, 
they could end up picking first, if not picking second. And there is a very big difference in this draft between picking one and two and below that, um, which we have all off season to dive into. But, you know, for the Jets, really their last chance to win a game this year. And I think if I put all like everything else aside, I think they probably will win. Uh, I picked them to beat Houston and it was ugly early, but they won that game pretty convincingly. It was really their only convincing win of the season. Uh, Houston just handled Jacksonville last week, whose problems as bad as Urban Meyer is go beyond Urban Meyer. It's just a very talent poor roster, very similar to the Jets. It would be a very ugly and bad look for Robert Sala and his coaching staff if they lose this game. And they're not going to get fired. They'll be back next year no matter what. I like to think, maybe naively, that they will find a way to win this game and most fans will be disappointed that they win this game. Now, I hope they win this game on the backs of Zach Wilson throwing for, you know, 358 yards and four touchdowns, not him going 13 to 23 for 170 yards with a touchdown and an interception. And they win because Tevin Coleman runs for 190 yards and Trevor Lawrence throws two picks. So that would be entertaining in its own way, but we'll see, you know, it's the Jets. You root for them to win. They'll probably lose. You root for them to lose. They'll probably win. So it's an it's definitely the most interesting of their remaining games. I mean, the Buffalo and Tampa games are going to be like seventeen point underdogs. Yeah, no, it's. I was just watching the the Raiders and Browns. The Raiders trying to win in Cleveland, which would be pretty impressive based on what, the way the Raiders figure out how to choke the second half of seasons away. Um, yeah, I just I don't want to see twenty nineteen um, Jets Bills the repeat of that game where like Sam was not very good. It's terrible weather. It wasn't fun to watch at all. And it's like the Jets win a meaningless game and then they drop picks in the draft. That's the stuff you don't want to see. Um, I know you've kind of highlighted a lot of this. And I think this is where you were very right on the Sam stuff was like that stretch in 2019 where they won meaningless games. Um, and, you know, that made the record look good. It wasn't because of Sam for a majority outside of like maybe one or two games. He looked pretty good outside of it. It was pretty not great. Um, Salah, I thought to his credit today, I was really impressed that he was like, it's about your performance in these games. It has nothing to do with your record at this point. It's about like, how are you going to play? What development, what reps can we get these guys? They've been committed to it. It's killed them a lot, but in fairness, they're bought in. They're all in on it. And I think the guys are all in. So I'll give, I'll give Salah a pass there. If they, lose by more than three points to the Jaguars. I think fans have a right to be pissed, whether you want the draft pick or not. They cannot go out there. I'll be there someday like a moron that I am. If they, they're down 10 nothing early and they look bad offensively, like there's going to be some legitimate concerns. And I think there's every right to be like, what well, you can't, this can't happen. Um, yeah, the Lawrence and, you know, last year the Lawrence kind of Wilson thing, I, don't, I can't stress this enough. It's not about what Jets fans and Jaguars fans say about the other player. That's very natural. Everyone in that 2018 class, the Lamar guys hate Josh Allen. Josh Allen guys hate Lamar. The, you know, the Baker guys hate everybody. And Sam people were always, you know, everyone does that. That's a natural thing to do with rookie quarterbacks. It'll happen this year. It'll happen every year. I think it is fair to ask why Zach Wilson's covered the way he is. Um, Connor called it, I think, bizarre. I would call it bizarre confusing and, and frankly a little concerning um that people are letting maybe other issues in terms of personality or politics and things of that nature cloud their judgment a bit on play on the field zach's not been good trevor lawrence has not been good justin fields hasn't been good trey lance can't even get on the field for a team that could walk its way to a super bowl uh frankly with any competency at quarterback wouldn't no matter who it is um and mac jones has had his moments he's looked good sometimes he's looked bad but i just 
you know, it's not one touchdown over seven weeks and leading the league in interceptions is, you know, if you did want to do a direct comparison to any rookie season in the past, Peyton Manning's and Trevor Lawrence's actually does make a bit of sense where like they don't look very good and they turn the ball over a ton and they still are viewed as that generational guy. I still think Zach's rookie year reminds me a lot more of Matt Stafford in terms of like, you know, the gifts are there, but the situation is just not very good. And, and they've, they've taken a long time to get together. Um, won't ask you for your pick. I wanted to just get one last thought in here on defensively, the Jets have struggled a lot. And I know you hit on this at Badlands and those who are not listening, obviously, I assume most people that listen to my bother subscribe to Badlands. Um, how concerned are you with just the defense as a whole? Is it just talent for you? Is it coaching or is it like they need to invest three of the first four picks and money into this defense? Cause it's, the numbers are really, really ugly. And I know you hit on them in a second, but they're, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, they're going to, they're going to surpass their franchise record for points given up two years in a row. And that's, it's bad, man. I don't know how else to say it. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Uh, it's staggering how bad they are. And I thought their defense would be bad. Uh, worst defense in the NFL, maybe the worst defense in franchise history. I, I didn't think it would be that bad. And it goes beyond talent. The scheme is not sound. Uh, their situational scheme is inconsistent week to week. And they can't tackle. And they're really soft. I mean, I, I don't say that lightly. Like, football is a hard game. And, uh, you know, it, it's a physical game. But they're just bullied week after week after week. Short yardage situations. The refs treat them with no respect because they get bullied all up and down the field. And yes, they've gotten some crappy calls against them, but that's not the problem. The problem is, is just that they get dominated up front and they can't wrap people up. And, you know, I think CJ Mosley was excellent early in the season. I think at this point of the season, and this isn't surprising because he had two years off and he's playing at a lighter weight, he's struggling and he's a step slow and he's getting carried by five yards, you know, by Duke Johnson, which is like, whoa, that's eye opening. And they need him to be not just good, but special for this defense to be competent. And if he's just okay or struggling, they're screwed because they are just too light on talent elsewhere, especially if Quentin Williams is banged up and not, you know, playing at the best of his level. 
because the rest of the linebacker group is inconsistent and question marks. They're very young and very inconsistent and need help at safety. Corners actually held up better than I think I thought it would. And they've done a nice job developing that group, but I think the defensive line's been underwhelming. There's nothing at edge rusher. Uh, you know, Huff is just getting back, but he's really missed most of the season. Shaq Lawson has been a dud pretty much, and they're just missing Carl Lawson. Uh, I am still of the belief that you're going to use your premium picks mostly on offense unless you're getting one of the elite edge rushers. I still think one of the first three or four picks will be edge, definitely. I'm certainly not on the board of using safety and corner with those you know top four or five picks. That's what you use your free agency money for. Go sign Marcus Williams. Maybe you go get Bates. Uh, look for some veteran linebackers. Like be a little more aggressive there. Not necessarily with the draft. You'll get Carl Lawson back. Uh, you already have most of your defensive line pieces locked. Although it'd be nice to get some more help up there. Um, it's bad though. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not big on firing guys after one year, and it won't happen. But you really got to look hard at Ulbrich and that defensive staff. And you know, I, with Lafleur. It was five weeks and he flipped the page. You know, with Ulbrich, this is a different level of bad. Uh, he'll be back next year again. I don't expect him to be fired, but, you know, they're going to break some serious records over these next few weeks because Brady's going to run it up on them and Buffalo's going to score a ton of points on them. Uh, it, it's tough. I'm at a loss for words watching them every week. I mean, I, I've never seen a team allow 30, 40 points so routinely. It's crazy. And I've watched a lot of bad football. And the actual stat have been kind of all over the place. The last nine games, they are averaging allowing 35 points per game. And that's crazy. You can't compete with anyone allowing that many points per game. Never mind a rookie quarterback without his top two receivers and his left tackle. You know, 35 points per game is it's crazy, uh, especially with some of the quarterbacks they've played. You know, two played awful yesterday. And they still allowed 31 points. You know, they played Taysom Hill. They allowed 30 points. They played Gardner Minshew. They allowed 30 points, 45 points to Indy. 45 points to Buffalo, 54 points to New England. Uh, this is like crazy. And I, they are so far away on that side of the ball. It's, it's mystifying. And I don't know. I know it's more engaging and entertaining to talk about Zach. And I understand why I get it. He's not been good. He's a lightning rod with the second overall pick and everyone's sick of having a young quarterback. I just don't know how you watch the last couple of weeks. And the first thing that comes to your mind is the Jets hired a high energy defensive head coach. And they have this new defensive coordinator and they have Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers and Sheldon Rankins and CJ Mosley. And they are far and away the worst defense in the NFL. It's not even close how bad they are. That in my mind is the first thing that comes to mind watching just Duke freaking Johnson run for a hundred yards on them. Like with ease, all the missed tackles, every time a running back gets the ball, he spins out of the first three tackles and falls forward. So I'm ranting here because just as someone who loves football and has watched a ton of football, I just can't believe how bad their defense there is. I believed how bad their offense was last year because I knew Adam Gase was a moron. It was not going to be a good coach. <laughs> like, I had no idea how to scheme up. But this is like crazy, man. I've never seen anything like it. So I was just looking this up while you were talking because I was curious. The, Bra the Broncos in 2013, best offense statistically ever. And the Rams in 1999 is I think by far the best offense I've ever in the history of the NFL. Can you guess how many points a game the Rams scored over the entire season as the most prolific offense in the last like 70 years of NFL football? Just just take a guess per game, how many they were scoring. 29 points per game. 32 a game. And okay. that's the best offense of all time. <laughs> the Jets are giving up a full possession more 
<laughs> a game and a year where quarterbacks are struggling everywhere. The Jets have gotten two games of Tua, two games of Mac. They've got Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills. It's Sam Darnold. They had they, like it's it's honestly like it's kind of funny um, when you really like if you really think about it. And I like I love a lot some of the guys in the defense have had in the pod. I love them. They're great people. But this defense needs is a serious issue. And I think um, you know we've you mentioned it. Weak side linebacker needs to be like a pretty for me is really really important. Um, if CJ Mosley had somebody next to him that could run sideline to sideline, Quincy Williams is fun to watch run east and west and hit people. When he tries to find a gap north and south, um, it's very ugly very quickly. And there's a reason why Connor said he might be the craziest draft pick he's ever seen covering. I think he said it on Badlands, if I'm not mistaken. Um, kind of in conclusion, I will say, is there one player? We'll do this because you obviously probably won't be on until uh, the offseason when we kind of know where they're picking. Is there one player, draft pick wise, or free agency or trade that's like, I keep going back to this guy, like this guy needs whatever Joe Douglas has to do, you know, five and 25 as a GM, 0 and 11 in the division um, in his last 11, which in itself is honestly hilarious. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Is there one guy or two guys that come to mind? You're like, I'm still, I'm envisioning this guy in green and white. And I think they would make the biggest difference for them, um, you know, going forward. It's a, good, yeah. it's, it's a good question because we've been through so many of these offseason cycles where everyone lists like these these like same four or five guys actually like it repeat ends up being repeated it's like alan robinson yeah, they get tagged they get tagged yeah. oh, Devontae adams yeah. this, I Lawrence a few years ago as a guy it's like all it's always the same guys and they very rarely hit the market you know in the draft you want them to get one of the two edges because they they just need that they've needed it forever and they still need it uh, I think Carl Lawson might have been the answer. And if they don't get one of those two guys, man, I would be okay and excited with some of the receivers that are up there early. It's probably with the Seattle pick. But the draft aside, because that will be a whole different beast if they don't end up picking in the top two. There'll be a lot of debate about where to go with that pick. You know, I didn't have a problem with how Connor framed it going Evan Neal and then going receiver. I, I would have been cool with that. You know, in free agency, I like Dalton Schultz a lot. Feels like he'll hit the market. Be great to have a pass catching tight end like that. I think you'd need another tight end too, either on day two of the draft or maybe even in you know free agency. He seems like the kind of guy just to have that kind of pass catcher doing what Hunter Henry's doing for Mac Jones makes such a big difference. I'm not getting my hopes up about the receiver market. Uh, I don't think they're going to get Godwin. I don't think they're going to get Gallup. Maybe Christian Kirk is the kind of guy they get who I like his game. And I think he'd be a good complimentary piece. Uh, you know, if you're going to get one of the big guys in the draft and then you have more and then you have Kirk and then you have Davis, that's a legit top four. That might be too much of investment, but I don't know. I just, I'm not going to get too excited about Goblin or Gallup. I just don't see it happening. I'm not going to talk about Sheriff because I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I feel like they almost have to trade for alignment at this point. You know, defensively, I like Marcus Williams and the Saints a lot. Uh, he'll be a highly sought after guy at safety. Um, and that, I mean, that's really it. It's not... A crazy, crazy market. I, I want them to be very thorough on offensive line. And if they can't land anyone they're excited about, look at the trade market because you, you just have to do more. We'll have plenty of time to debate about drafting a center or not and trading back and drafting a center. It's look, if they find their way to, to getting uh, Linda Baum, I'd be very excited. I think much like AVT, it's not a flashy position, but you know you'll be set for a decade. And to have him, AVT, and fingers crossed Becton, which you know, we'll see. Uh, you'd feel really good about offensive line. So look, I I know how bad their defense has been. They have to invest capital there, no question. But get get Zach Wilson a tight end or two. 
keep adding that receiver. I don't have a problem with their group of running backs. I know some people have been poking around about running back. I'm fine with Carter and Coleman and maybe Austin Walter rounding that out. Uh, but going to get a guy like Dalton, I kind of like it. I, I hate to compliment him, but I kind of like what New England did and overdoing it with the two tight ends. And I know John Smith's been a little disappointing, but it, what a luxury for Mac Jones to have Hunter Henry and John Smith out there. And Bourne and Algalore have over, Bourne's overachieved to a bit. Uh, Algalore has been okay. And those guys might come back to earth a little bit when it's, you know, crunch time in the playoffs. But Henry in particular, he's got eight, nine, 10 touchdowns. To have that kind of safety valve for a tight end, even just getting Croft back yesterday, you saw the difference it makes. And, you know, he's very, very average. That's where my head's at. It's, they need everything really outside of probably running back guard. Uh, and if they bring Moses and Fant back, you feel okay about tackle. Uh, but just keep making life easier for Zach. I, I just can't watch the Mims and Cole and Griffin ball with the line of scrimmage leading to a strip sack. <laughs> no, I'm on, I'm the same page. The only thing of running back I'd like to see is um, a big back, like a physically imposing back for those, you know, eventually the Jets should be able to be in a lot of third and three, third and fours. And um, maybe it's a six round flyer guy. You take a guy that gets literally 30 carries in a season of like, short yardage goal line stuff where you can use Carter more, um, you know, in that two back set, unfortunately the Ty Johnson era is probably over. Um, if not, you know, it's over. Yeah. It's probably over. Uh, unfortunately, um, hopefully the Ryan Griffin, Trevon Westpo era is also coming to an end, which is, we'll be nicely watching some of these, you know, final McCagnan case guys slowly see their way out the door. Um, I'm totally with you on all the guys you hit. Um, Brandon Sheriff has been a guy that, the Jets have been linked to for legitimately three years now. He is the Allen Robinson, as you mentioned. I was trying to think of, there was one other name that I couldn't remember. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who it was. That was like every year they get linked to the, um, we're the same God. group. Players. No, it's all, there's all the same. It's the same guys. They get, Oh, the Devante stuff. Devante Adams is not going to be a jet. I, yeah. He is literally the best receiver in football and he's not going anywhere. And Rogers doesn't go. Um, I'm with you on, you know, the other side of the ball. I think you use your money to fix the defense quickly and you, you know, you develop on offense so that way you can kind of, they, those guys grow together. Um, you cannot ignore offensive line, but I also understand that like they need to get incrementally, they could get better in the trade market um, and, and totally be, uh, you know, okay with that. That was the other thing I was going to hit on, but you kind of hit on that. We both talked about this, at, you know, before we go here, the Jets need to use some of this day three capital at some point and, and some of day two in their cap space to acquire proven, top tier talent. This is an example. Um, I don't know that they want Michael Thomas. I don't know if he's a fit here. The Saints need to shed capital. Michael Thomas will never play in a Saints uniform again. He's probably likely to get traded for a third, fourth, or fifth round pick. And he was the top three receiver in football for three of the last four years. Whether you want to make fun of the slants or not, clearly it's not that easy to run a slant if you watch Denzel Mims. Um, those are the type of guys, the, there's an alternate universe where the Jets have Trent Williams and CD lamb right now, and it would have cost them a fourth rounder. And that's it. You know? So um, I don't know if you want to hit on that real quick before we go here, but they, they need to be pretty aggressive in the trade market, not just selling off assets that, you know, or depreciating the Jets get good value. That's great. Um, at some point you need to also be the team on the other side trading for guys you think can take you to the playoffs um, at some level. Yeah, look, you got to use every means at your disposal to build your roster. You can't just say we're only going to build through the draft. It doesn't work. I mean, it's just a stubborn way to look at it. You have to use free agency. You have to use the draft. You have to use the trade market. 
And I'm sorry, the, the youngest roster in the NFL card, you can't play it next year. And you can't roll out so many young, undrafted day three starters next year. It's not acceptable. And Joe Douglas isn't dumb. He knows he can't be 3-11 and 11 at this time. Next year, he'll get fired. Uh, the patience is out of this fan base. And he's the one who has the shortest leash because he's been here the longest. So you can cut it any way you want. Joe Douglas has been here now three seasons and through 14 games, five and nine, one and 13 and three and 11. And if he's three and 11 again next year, that's it. So the Jets use those extra draft picks, get creative, take some swings, give Zach Wilson a puncher's chance because if Zach Wilson flames out next year, everyone's fired. Douglas, Sala, they'll start the whole thing from scratch. And they probably rightly, you know, rightly should if they're this bad again next year. What are, what are, we, what are we waiting for? At a certain point, we're not asking for much. Be seven and seven at this time next year. I'll be thrilled. Uh, I'll be I'll be ecstatic about that. Um, but yes, Michael Thomas, you know, Jerry Judy, because maybe the Broncos paid all these other receivers and like they don't want to pay him. I'm I'm throwing shit against the wall. Maybe those aren't the guys, but that type of move to expedite the growth. You could say what you will about McCadden, and I thought he was horrible. Obviously, built our entire brand on that. The Brandon Marshall trade was a smart one and it helped propel them in 2015. I don't care that it didn't work in 2016. For 2015, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL and had the best receiver in franchise history uh, So for one season. So you got to do stuff like that to expedite the growth. You got to put some talent out there, some veteran talent, so you can compete and not get humiliated and bleed around up and down the field and lose all your divisional games by you know double-digit points. So I'm all for it. Stop telling me you only have to build through the draft. You have to do more than that. Uh, and hopefully they will this off season. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the same page. Here. I just, a name that just came pop to my head and this is totally throwing shit against the fans. So this is nothing me and Joe have talked to anybody about, you know, the Cowboys, if they want to resign Gallup and they want to move off Cooper's money or, um, you know, something of that nature, you look in, you know, Washington wants to start paying all these defensive guys and they can't pay Terry McLaurin in a year and whatever. Um, I'm fully on the same page as you um, in terms of, know how you fix this team it's not a it's not as simple as you know one way you know one way or the other all these teams I know you hit this on the pods we don't have to rehash it you every single one of these teams that's good has built it yes they have good quarterbacks um whether through draft or you know the Brady effect but um you need to be good on you know in the free agency market you need to be good in the draft that's how the bills built theirs through their certain way um go do your Stefan Diggs trade go you know who like go be incredibly aggressive because you have the ability to do so. Like you can't be worse than what they've been. Like, I don't know how much to like phrase this. There was no pressure this year. And the fact that we're having this conversation again, while it's exciting, they could have the number one pick at the same time. I really don't want to have to talk about this ever again of Joe, should we root for a winner or loss this week? Um, you know, make sure you guys are obviously, um, I know I talked about in the beginning of the pod, Joe talks about Jets 50 tap RM. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I tell everybody about it. Everyone always like, oh, wow, 24 craft beers for 50 bucks. It's pretty sweet. Um, I know there's a Badlands uh, kind of package on there. So there, no reason not to use it. It's the holidays. Um, Drizzly is incredibly expensive. If you don't want to have to use that and get stuff delivered with COVID, things of that nature, use TapRM. Um, I would tell you about it if it wasn't. A, <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're advertising on the channel or not. I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool deal. Amen. Check it out. Not going to go wrong. Promo code JETS50 at TAPRM. Uh, thank you for having me on. Appreciate everyone sticking with us at TOJ and Badlands through yet another fun season. But, but look, main event's almost here. We shine the most in the offseason, so we'll be ready to go. <laughs> we, uh, we train all season for the offseason, so um, unlike any other franchise I've ever seen. But appreciate everyone, as always. Um, you know, enjoy, uh, enjoy Jets, Jags on, uh, on Sunday, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.